if you push the metaphor a bit further, you can also think of a website like a house that has also this feeling of space, but when you enter it, but also a website has all these um, hidden technologies to make it function. Like a house has yeah. also like pipelines, electricity that you don't see that, that, are, that are hidden behind the walls. And you also move from one room to another, like you move from one space, one page to another on a website. So why did we get together, actually? First, because we met one day, which was... <laughs> in school, in the art school, in Gerrit Rietveld Academy in Amsterdam, when we studied, you were studying, is that stupid to say? You were stu studying inter-architecture and I was studying <laughs> graphic design and we started a band. <laughs> <laughs> we had a band actually called Tuo Cuore Mia Lingua. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it lasted for two, no, for one, one day, evening. one evening, mm -hmm. and then it died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, then, and we... then I wanted to learn coding to make my website after graduating. And I found this boot camp and I um, got in, from, I went through the interviews and stuff and all this process. And then I, I went to the gym and that's when I met you again after graduation. Yeah. And I told you about this coding school. Yeah. And it was an epiphany for you. <laughs> It was the opening of the season, yeah. a very long season. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's where I actually had the gut feeling that I should also start le learning how to code. But also because I was flirting with the, with the field kind of before, but then being focused on different kind of bachelor studies, didn't have so much time to nourish that. But it was also nice to kind of like, because you were also like so enthusiastic about it mm -hmm. and having also, it didn't make me doubt about like what I pursued as my studies that it's not going to fit, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Because I also saw there like a crack in coding as well, mm -hmm. that it can be definitely combined with my architectural knowledge. For sure, and make totally sense. Yeah. So then we also did this coding, this coding school, school which was half a disaster, half pleasure, pleasure but painful, hope. like painful bittersweet sure. experience. Mm -hmm. And, and <laughs> we were very frustrated and also started to define what in the coding field we wanted to um, dig into. Yeah. Because we were, yeah. Yeah, it was very like commercially oriented as mm -hmm. well. That is kind of like was a training to join the the maintenance market mainly mm -hmm. of the tech industry yeah. debugging and stuff like that mm -hmm. what well, i thought being a web developer was about just about doing <laughs> html css and javascript <laughs> but yeah. then we discovered that there was a huge society yeah, under exactly. this cave hole of web development. Yeah, but also that interfaces can be a cultural domain that it's kind of like a social imaginary as well where mm -hmm. people meet and you kind of set certain goals together and it's always that it can be a collaboration not like that the web developer is somebody who solves the problem of translating what online mm -hmm. you know exactly and there are much more hybrid formats yeah than that exactly okay so i'm gonna start with a little intro the internet is a cultural domain interfaces are a social imaginary 
We found each other connecting conceptually and ethically about mutual coding practice. We got excited as well as hopeless together. We wondered, what is a good website? Is a good website one that, that clashes with its neighbor websites or open in the other tabs? Or is a good website designed perfectly with a good amount of uh, disharmony and fam familiarity? Is a good website one that makes me angry? And we concluded that a good website for us is one that makes us feel something that's memorable. And um, since 2018, we collected a list of memorable websites and we're going to present a selection of them which represents our discomforts, but mainly our comforts on the internet. Definitely. <laughs> mainly the comfort. <laughs> yeah. And today we want to review these websites and tell a story of a different internet than the one that accommodates our daily user experience. And we also kind of, well, websites can be a lot of things from social networks to e-shops to business vitrines, institutional platforms educational websites, entertainment websites, forums, blogs, artist portfolios, web art, and sometimes mixes of all of them. So like hybrid formats. But the ones that we selected, so like we kind of chose, we have memorable websites and we kind of titled the category behind mm -hmm. each, yeah. but it's not necessarily that we present for per every category that we just mentioned. Yeah, and we're going to start with the websites that we agreed summarizes our discomforts. On the yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, totally. Totally. So it's called how I experience web today.com. Yeah. So basically when you arrive on the website, you arrive on a search bar that obviously looks quite like a browser search yeah. like Google. And you click on it, and then comes all these uh, windows that appear on most of the websites where you have to accept cookies, uh, alone notifications, ad blocker should be disabled, and so on. Subscribe to the newsletter. So every time you press something, there is this another window popping up. Yeah. To like every action that you make on this website leads to more ads or like mm -hmm. more more agreements that you have to comply to. Exactly. And it's all the um, graphic and navigation noises that we encounter on, on a lot of websites today and which make for us internet quite of a boring place or of um where you feel quite alienated mm -hmm. or passive because you always close all these windows and um, being passive and not looking at anything and just like trying as soon as 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 fast as possible to uh, uh, enter the website. Yeah, what I also like about it is that it takes so you have to make so many steps until you get to the content. Yeah. And then it's painful. I just, I just got a window that says you scrolled. It seems like oh you are interested I in never our content. Saw this one actually. No, me neither. And then actually, there is no content really. It's just like boxes and rate asking for rating, chatbots, mm. feedback. It, it looks like an actual website. It looks but super it looks familiar. yeah, it looks super familiar. I think this re mostly reminds like of publishing platforms mm -hmm. and social media networks yeah. as well. And then and there's uh, news websites. Exactly. Yeah. Where you don't have to pay for. 
So this website well represents our discomforts, but we don't want to talk too much about our discomforts on no, the internet, right? I think this this is pretty clear. It, it yeah. summarizes it well. And exactly. And oh, actually, what I wanted to say, what I love about this website. It's about the web developer. The w- right. About the web developer with whom I had a chance to exchange emails a bit. Guangyi Li, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But he made this website. It, for me, it's kind of like just as an artistic expression because he also told me that he works in a company and he's a full-time front-end web developer. And then I asked him, why did you make it? And he said, just to literally express how I experience web today. And that's why the URL is called like that as well. But also like in terms of tools and technologies, he used like the, the basic tools to build any kind of website, which is HTML, CSS, JavaScript, a bit of jQuery. Mm-hmm. He revealed that information <laughs> as well. Great. <laughs> which is amazing. And also like it got, I think it got quite popular and I think he didn't express it. And then I also asked him if he has more of these kind of websites and he was creating something simple, but he doesn't have time to to work on these kind of like web artistic mm-hmm. expressions, mm-hmm. which is a pity, but if I'm going to keep an eye on him, <laughs> remind him, give us more. Yeah. And now we're going to do memorable. Um, we're going to go through our list, basically. The list that is, now we entered our comfort zone, right? Like yeah. our feeling of safety on the internet. Mm-hmm. The one, the websites that give us hope. For Hopeful websites, yeah. exactly. So we have Queering the Map is the first one. Yeah. Which we consider as a um, social network, another form of social network. Mm-hmm. So it's a website that has... a. Uh, well, the map of the world, like I guess it's Google Maps, but then you can uh, you can contribute to it, and it collects queer stories of like well queer stories, queer experiences, first kisses, falling in love, from all over the world, um, and it's kind of like marking the world with uh, queerness, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's also like it's the contributions are completely anonymous. Um, of course super personal as well super personal and what I also like is that they're not really long and it's also like when I think about and you can contribute and basically it's very simple you just click on the location of your story show your story in the text box below and Mm. add it on the map and what I kind of like also besides the physical uh, connotation that's like you literally mark a territory with your story Mm -hmm. The accessibility of it is also that it makes me think about good data and bad data, you know, because I think today as users, we are super conscious about giving our data to certain platforms. Mm -hmm. And this one kind of makes me think that I don't mind giving this kind of data, you know, like it kind of gives me personal values in what good data and bad data is Mm -hmm. somehow. Um, What I also like is that they're very, that it's not always necessarily a well-defined queer story that makes it like oh this needs to be like such a pumped up exactly style so that it uh, fits the title as well some are just there to mark the territory more than tell a story actually yeah and some just say like snippets of i was here and not necessarily elaborate on what happened Mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. the person when the people were there and it's not only cheerful romantic stories it's sometimes also uh, experiences of homophobia, 
Uh, also, sometimes it's um, more hopeful messages that are put in countries where queer rights are not um, recognized. We can go to Bosnia, actually, <laughs> straight away. <laughs> Came out, got bullied, ran away, and I haven't looked back since. Yeah, <laughs> the That's first tough. one that we yeah. click immediately. <laughs> But it's also, I mean, for me, coming from Bosnia, like looking at this, I was surprised actually to see that there are contributions yeah. that this kind of internet is also accessible in Bosnia, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's amazing that this website got so popular. And you see like this, it's, it's just, just a, like a wink. Yeah. It's not a story or anything. It's just, I'm going to mark this territory. And sometimes the messages are, are a bit like, oh, I hope this person is going to remember that this happened. It's a bit of a love letter. That's yeah. Anonymous. Yeah. But I also wonder, like, once you drop it there, do you also, is it, can this website also be a processing mechanism, you know, mm -hmm. that like you, yeah, you give, you give this, you, you share something and then you're like, okay, I, I, for, I forget the story <laughs> or something. You mean of, uh, <laughs> that it can be like, like help you to understand also process what just happened. Or yeah, exactly. Like just to give process. it out to the world. Yeah. Okay. But anyhow, anyhow we have a lot to share. So yeah, let's move let's on. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to, oh yeah, this yeah, is, um, and you would love to talk about the next one. Which one? The click? Oh yeah. No, so the, oh yeah, I because you mentioned this thing of private and public data, and oh we yeah. thought it was maybe um, relevant to share this website, which also shows about shows how um, the computer can collect data, which is based not on um, information that you type in a box, say let's say telling a story, but it's more data that the, c the computer collects from your interaction with the yeah. computer itself. The invisible data that we don't That we don't them. realize. Yeah. And that can be data for analytics, uh, for, yeah, to trace uh, the user experience, how people interact with, for example, an e-shop and click on what button do they click because that's um, super important how many clicks there is to enter yeah. a page or check out check out a page so this website has this um statement with this huge button in the middle the only button well and you are supposed to interact as much as you can and on the the top right you can see your achievements in a percentage and so already just entering the website you achieved 63 percent yeah, and it's always 63, right? It's always 63. But if we... if we Yeah, if you keep on clicking the button... I think it's 100 times. It's, it's take kind like of like this feedback experience that it gives you something and makes you want to click more. Exactly. Maybe if you... Let's look at the achievement. Yeah. It's going to be more clear. So these... So those are all the, um, the um, actions we've made without notice, like without necessarily noticing them or tracking them. And um, the gray ones are the ones we haven't done, we haven't achieved yet. So for example, you click the button a hundred times, not done yet. You double clicked, you double right clicked on the button. So let's check that. I'm not sure if this is actually- the, Yeah. Clicks are shorter than most other subjects. Strike fast, yeah, click. 
<laughs> so we got one person more. Yeah. What is the subject trying to do? <laughs> I love the voice. <laughs> but I also, I mean, it's kind of like this entertainment website in a way. Yeah. But what I love is how it represents kind of like the things that as users we don't think about, like exactly. these interactions, you know? And also how this kind of user behavior was already pre-programmed, you know? Mm -hmm. So they already predicted that this is what's going to happen mm -hmm. when you only have one button on the website. Exactly. And then you, it, they already call it as like achievements, you know? Exactly. That's, that you have to always kind of like, okay, no. Sure. That you also kind of like, you always, this is what they also think of user, you know, that is kind of like achiever and you have to interact and activity and create metrics behind it. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to get too deep about that because we're still on the hopeful side of the internet. <laughs> so, our website is a room.net that we also considered actually as a social network where you can contribute and share your website. So, it's a platform that's separated in two. So, on the left is the research of the person who created the website called Nancy Wu. And on the right is a list, is an archive of websites. And the, the topic of this website is basically a collection of websites that uh, the creators considered um, close to a room. So like a space, like considering the website as a space that's more quiet, slow, in order, and that you can, that you as a web developer, for example, you can customize and put, um, arrange the way that feels in a way that feels very intimate and personal, personal. <laughs> and um, I really appreciate this website because I like uh, already this metaphor of um, webs considering website as spaces that you enter, that you like, you get an immediate feeling when you enter a website. Mm -hmm. If it if it if it has been. Uh, created with um, care or if um, a website has a special ambience when you enter, if it feels like a villa or like a rat hole. <laughs> <laughs> Basement. Yeah. And also, if you push the metaphor a bit further, you can also think of a website like a house that has also this feeling of space, but when you enter it, but also a website has all these um, hidden technologies to make it function like a house has yeah. also like pipelines electricity that you don't see that that are hidden behind the walls and that uh, you need it you need those technologies yeah to make it functional exactly <laughs> and you also move from one room to another like you move from one space one page to another on a website mm -hmm. but i also like how this website is <clears throat> also a room yeah, for that is sure. kind of like promoting a, the users or like creators to contribute with a website that feels like a room. So it's more like a living room. like an archive. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it really is like a living room. Mm -hmm. It's or like even a corridor somehow. Mm. That is like it's supposed its function is to be an archive of all of these websites that feel like a room, but it also feels like a room itself mm -hmm. because it's so. It's nice to, yeah. Or maybe like a public space. I don't know. Maybe 
the space you share with your flatmates, you know, and or maybe close to a to a shelf mm -hmm. where you put other websites in, or maybe it's a village of websites. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're pushing the metaphor yeah. far. <laughs> Shall we go to an example of business vitrines? Yeah, we're going to show an example of a business with vitrine we love. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to go through the website a bit. This website is is um, the we know this drink very well. Uh, yeah, because it was <laughs> in our school. It's a coconut uh, water drink can, and um, I remember the first time I went on this website. I loved how um, I was not sure where I was entering, and then. I figured out it was a, um, a vitrine of a product, basically. But for once, the the buy the buy button was not the first thing you would notice. Yeah, it was more giving a like. Yeah, um, by default, it's just the monkey immediately. Exactly, and you arrive in the middle of the page. You don't arrive top left like most of the websites. You're in the middle of a of a map mm -hmm. of a very large very large it's like beyond the screen <laughs> yeah exactly and you just navigate around and it's really playful it's also a really like this e-poster no like interactive poster that yeah. there's not so much clickability it's just like very flat experience as well mm -hmm. yeah and it's tech technology wise it's very simple as well it's mostly gifs yeah gifs always the same question GIFs. yeah and illustrations and like small interactions and you want to dig if there is a little surprise hidden somewhere you know if there is a because there is so many in, like illustrations and small interactions and it moves a bit you know what i like about it because it also feels like you can just do something else and leave the sound on you know yeah because the sound is really nice yeah exactly. i liked what you said the other day if you wondered if oh yeah if the sound came before if the music came before the what came first the music or, or the, the graphic, graphic design, design. <laughs> <laughs> okay enough um now we're gonna show instit institutional school w platforms websites so those websites are usually the vitrine of a school and for the example we chose it's two art schools and um, so it's the website that's going to inform the the user about the program, about the students, about more practical information about the fees, how to get in, what have they been, what uh, were they busy with, mm -hmm. these kind of things. And so what we like, well, maybe you can start browsing and explain the website. So first example is Beckplatz. Maybe you want to say something about that? 
Yeah, I'm not sure though, uh, it's working at the moment, actually, this website. But basically, um, the Werkplatz Typography is a school, is an um, art school, graphic design, typography, art school in the Netherlands, in Arnhem. And it has usually this um, vitrine page. So when you enter the, the, the school page, um, there is the first thing you see is the vitrine. And the vitrine is a space for each student to do something. And uh, sometimes it's inform informational and sometimes you need as a user to understand a bit what's going on. It's maybe a bit more experimental or conceptual uh -huh. and you have to dig into it to understand what's the project behind. And it's uh, an unlimited space for students to take over. And every time you enter the website, you don't know what's going to happen, where you're going to enter, which is something I really appreciate. Yeah. But at the moment, the vitrine, I think, is not working because they have their graduation soon yeah, and it's more like informational yeah 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 but it's also nice like it looks already so different than the last than how we found it in the last week that we yeah. were referring to it kind exactly of. it's really alive you know yeah it's really changing all the it's time it's always different which is nice actually like why we chose this as well is uh because you can the well, as an as in educational platform, you can see that there's a contribution from the students and from the staff, mm -hmm. which is kind of like what we appreciate about institutional websites, that there is this uh, immediate uh, expression of the publics, like mm -hmm. recursive publics, you know, that like everybody is kind of part of the content. Yeah. Um, and another example to add up to that... Uh, Yale School Yale. of Art, which is another website that gives full access to staff and the students. And it also has, for so for each blog or component, it has editor details or any content that can be changed by everybody, which also says like edit access. You have everybody. this details like who did it, which is kind of like, I don't know if it, if, you know, it's like this fact, the truth mm -hmm. uh, about who worked on this content, but it's nice to emphasize this gesture that they all have access to mm -hmm. it in the back end. What I also appreciate is that... Um, they mostly changed the background, right? Exactly. Yeah. So like in the last, what, one year or two years that <laughs> I've been looking for masters and mm -hmm. considering certain schools, this... I've been following this website and it feels like the background. It's always, even like when you give users freedom to access the content, it feels like you can see this like uh, institutional consensus that it doesn't change radically over time. You know, mm -hmm. like anything that changed, what changed mostly about this website is the background, which yeah. is basically a visual component somehow. But the containers are just fixed and maybe they yeah. change colors. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. Which also makes me wonder, are they busy? Like, do they have classes? Do they have like assessments? And Yeah, time? because really this background wonder... hasn't changed for a long time. And maybe it makes you wonder, like, what is the state of the of the students now? Then maybe they don't just don't have time because they're graduating to update yeah. this website, which is also a nice thing to think about. 
But it's also nice, yeah, exactly. Or do they actually have access to the backend, you know? If it promotes it like on the interface mm -hmm. and then kind of promotes this idea of freedom, everybody has access to it. Mm -hmm. Perhaps it's different in the backend. But I like that there are elements that you can question exactly. on the interface about this. So now we are going to switch to educational website, which is not representing an educational institution per mm -hmm. se, but they're educational for you and I. Yeah. So it's more like the example that we want to show, which is the Creative Independent. Um, it's more it. like a publishing platform. But you go ahead and say everything about so it. So this is a resource for creatives that is daily nourished with articles or quotes or essays or interviews, basically. The layout is very simple. Very colorful. Very, yeah. And um, I remember the first time I discovered the website, it was completely different in terms of landing page. There was a video in the background with snails moving because um, snails and spirals are the main um, graphic element of this website. And now they changed the order, which took me a bit of time to replace because to have the archive first, because before the archive came second after the homepage. But now instead they created, they added this small button called new here. So here now the, it's another, it's a letter addressed to people I think who we just still have. yeah I'm just closing the tab <laughs> to people who just land on the website for the first time and it's a welcome note basically which seemed to have been designed with care and and it has because it was the 10 years I think of this uh, platform they celebrated the 10 years or some kind of birthday and um, some users just send some really sweet recording thanking the platform to exist so you can listen to them here and what I like about the whole platform is that you seem that there is a lot of um, attention put in language and how they address to the users it's really for example if you arrive at the end of a page at least back then there was a little note saying hey you just arrived at the end of the page. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get lost. It's just the end. <laughs> exactly. Um, if you want to look at something, it seemed very genuine. Yeah. It and has this tone to it. Yeah, exactly. And what they say about the design, I also like. So if you go on the about page, I just know the URL. But um, Where was it? Do you have a Chrome extension? Yes, actually. Do you have an app on your phone? I don't have the app. I have the newsletter where basically every day, I think it's every day, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think you can actually decide when you want to be um, notified. So they have a, new, a daily newsletter or a weekly newsletter. Um... Our types and guides. Do you remember where there was this? No, that's her website. The note about no snails. 
You can read more about our spiral and snail in this note. Voilà. <laughs> If you've been observing our website, you've likely noticed it changed a few times. It will continue to change. Our website is alive. That's already something I think is great to consider website as living creatures that change over time because a website yeah. is meant to to change because technology technologies update and it needs maintenance no matter what and it's great that they embrace it by changing its um structure and content i mean content obviously but also like it's the container of the website you yeah, know yeah yeah We like spirals because they're about circling back to a core idea over time, something all creative people must do to create whatever it is they are creating. Yeah. It's a nice one. <laughs> well, yeah. There's one thing like about publishing platforms that annoys me sometimes are the filtering options. So like you immediately have like, okay, let's, narrow down the content for you you know mm -hmm. so like you have and normally they're categorized by their format so like also here interviews essays guides focuses but i like that in all of that seriousness let's say they also mm -hmm. have just nails yeah <laughs> and it's just the gallery of images and gifs of snails moving mm -hmm. and you can have a little zen moment yeah All right, shall we have another example of uh, what is what we consider as an educational website for mm -hmm. the same reason, but maybe more like media oriented. It's called virtualenjoyment.com. Dot com and its purpose is to how did you call it? Like the to great It's <laughs> a new format no. of of Lectures, curating lectures curating lectures exactly and it's very minimal in the design but i don't want to make remarks about the design what i like is that once you enter like on home page it shows always like only four lectures and then when you click on one it shows an audio file as uh, the main media that they're or like media file that they're dealing with and it's it takes the whole page of the website Um, and then when you press anywhere on the screen, it starts playing mm -hmm. the lecture. It's very minimalist. Yeah, so very minimalist. And then you have this button that gives you an option to actually look. Most of these lectures were on Zoom. And I also kind of like how they deal with this like Zoom fatigue, you know, that mm -hmm. they don't use it as the main platform to, mm -hmm. although like most of their lectures took place there. And that you don't, it's not by default. You can kind of play around with this yeah. container, but you don't, you don't have need to. It. Yeah. You can turn it off. But what I mostly like about how they curate the sound as well is that, fuck. Um, that you have this whole file across the page and then you have these markers that point out where the lecture starts and where's the Q&A. Yeah. Which is something that I also do often when I'm on YouTube mm -hmm. or something. Of course, like you skip through the intro and then you just look at the main content or like you always look for this like climax of the conversation yeah. and then Q&A is like where it ends. You just mm -hmm. X the browser and they do it this like they just kind of Put, put it on the interface mm -hmm. that's obviously this is kind of like something that is very common for the user experience. It's also very pleasing that it's not on YouTube 
with all the noise that yeah. YouTube provides yeah. you with. Exactly. That it's just like this timeline and you have no distraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. No proposition of what next you can watch apart from the, the other lectures that are here, but not exactly. something that has been calculated from your previous yeah. searches. Yeah. And also I like that <laughs> when you click on another one, this timeline moves <laughs> like a mouth speaking. Yeah. It's very smooth. Yeah, it's Love nice. It. It's very minimal. Shall we move to artist portfolios? Yes. We have... So what is an artist portfolio, actually? It's a That's a good question, Maisa. So an artist portfolio usually, or like commonly, is a um, design website where you show your works as a... I mean, archive the, as an work. archive of works with that are put um, in order of like the most recent works come at the top and and then you can scroll like a bit like a tumblr basically yeah. but more designed let's it's, say yeah exactly it's just kind of like it gives eligibility to the artist who has who is working mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> And this one is um, is uh, the portfolio of um, Julia Behrens Dehan, who is a graphic designer working in Switzerland now. And um, I used to work with her on a project. Then that's when I discovered her website. And um, she, I love how she made a sort of digital business card in not showing her work straight away. So you have like, this video in the background and some external links here. So if you want to look at uh, a more visual um, scroll of her projects, you just click here on the PDF and it's gonna load a PDF on another page. And in the background, there is this video of her writing her email address with a pen and different handwritings. Yeah. She's, she's, there is this like nice hesitant um, human gesture, you know, when she's writing which I think is really beautiful. Yeah. And also the, um, the video is a bit low quality. It's been filmed in the dark. I wonder if she was like in the bar or something. It's you know, she had the like idea in the bar and then she was like, okay, let's film it now and put yeah, it there. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like, I love, I love how it's uh, cropped and how you feel like you're zooming in. You're a bit like stalking her, trying to see her email address and zooming in and having this snapshot of her email address. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah, what I also like about it is that this PDF is kind of like, because normally you would translate an artist portfolio from PDF version. Exactly. That you have, and then you kind of like build, pump it up with graphic design. You give it the structure mm -hmm. that it kind of like repeats itself. Some fun navigation. Yeah, exactly, which really is kind of like portfolio. But I also like that their preferred um, format is to stick to PDF that can be updated and then the website really becomes kind of like a shelter for the PDF. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and other small and other details. Small, other links, other external links. Yeah. We have another example that to me, to both of us, I guess, is also an artist portfolio, although you might not find it as such from the beginning. <laughs> And it's a website of Audrey Tang. And I'm just gonna, I think I found some very important facts about this person that I think is worth reading because my brain will not memorize all of this. 
Audrey Tang is a Taiwanese free software programmer and digital minister of Taiwan who has been described as one of the 10 greatest Taiwanese computing personalities, according to Wikipedia. Also according to Wikipedia, in the section of early life, it is written, in 2019, Tang identified as postgender or non-binary, responding to a request regarding pronoun preferences with What's important here is not which pronouns you use, but the experience about those pronouns. I'm not just non-binary. I'm really whatever, so do whatever. <laughs> I would also like to read their LinkedIn about, where it's kind of like, it's obviously a different representation of a digital persona. Um, Taiwan's digital minister, previously known for revitalizing the computer languages Perl and Haskell, as well as building the online spreadsheet system EtherCalc in collaboration with Dan Bricklin. In the public sector, I served on Taiwan National Development Council's Open Data Committee and K-12 Curriculum Committee and led the country's first e-rulemaking project. In the private sector, I worked as a consultant with Apple on computational linguistics with Oxford University Press on crowd lexicography and with social text on social interaction design. In the social sector, I actively contribute to Gov, Gov Zero, Government Zero, a vibrant community focusing on creating tools for the civil society with the call to fork the government. I have so many questions about this person and obviously there's a, there are a lot of achievements. Mm -hmm. But I also like the fact that uh, they are already kind of like known across platforms online and Wikipedia and LinkedIn and YouTube and everywhere, basically a very important person, but that they also still have a website. Mm -hmm. You know, that's always kind of like the hesitation. Yeah. Do you need the website when you're a public, a digital public persona? Yeah, if you already have a digital presence. Yeah. And then like if we talk about artistic portfolios where you kind of like always want to lay out these uh, achievements or like artistic achievements in the history, in your history. I like that Audrey Tang has like just a song from Leonard Cohen uh, called Come Healing, which is translated in Chinese as well and English. And it kind of goes across the screen and it feels like his their website is singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like... <laughs> You would never tell from this, looking at the website alone, who who is the maker, you mm -hmm. know? No, for sure. Or like who it represents. And it's such a simple gesture. And for yeah. me, that's also kind of like artistic portfolio, you know? It's the expression. It's mm -hmm. like the core of expression, not like the history of achievements. Great. And now we have the section of web art, which, what is that to us? Is kind of like artistic websites that don't have like a clear structural purpose, but are more also going in the direction of artistic expression. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe we can go quickly through this one that we discovered lately, like yeah. recently. And we discovered it from our website is a room. This is the website. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. It's just what a are we looking button. at? <laughs> A well-made 3D button with a nice drop shadow when you move your mouse. Yeah. <laughs> and um, when you click on it, it downloads some HTML. And then you have access to, th to the content of the website. 
which has been directly downloaded on your machine on your computer so it's like this from from the cloud to the local server exactly but yeah it's quite mm, you can't really read it it's not very legible because of the color combination mm. and every time you download it you get a new color combination yeah if we click on this one yeah still not very legible no, you can't it. really read the text. No. And the what the parts that I well, I also didn't have time to read it because I mean you can just select it. No. Yeah. Not even. We could read it through inspecting it, but Yeah, but it, I think it talks it kind of also compares like architecture and and web development. Mm -hmm. Classic. Classic. <laughs> nice metaphor. <laughs> and I mean what I like about this website is as we said earlier a website is meant to vanish at some point mm -hmm. it's always gonna evolve always gonna change the server might be broken at some point and here you download the html straight away so you have the website on your computer no matter what you know yeah yeah exactly it's kind of like also what we talked about having a book in the bookshelf that you'd never read mm-hmm and maybe that's why we didn't read it actually because yeah, we knew it was on our computer it. exactly so now let's go to tell us a website I always refer to. Oh yeah, this one is really nice. And then it's from Nicholas Jar. <laughs> so it's a website that uh, he made during the pandemic. And I think he also next to the website made like three albums in the span of two years. Mm. Just like that. Yeah, he was very creatively outputting himself mm -hmm. out there and what i love about this website is that he also chose i mean people did start thinking about websites a lot during the pandemic and like what a website can be and there were all these kind of like it became more of like an experimental field and for him as well i see it as a this is kind of like a, the function is to promote the album called cenizas no tell us tell, tell us, us. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, because it's the URL name. What was the parts? What means parts? You know. Tell us parts. So basically, I don't know, actually. Is parts also the name of the album? No, it's just tell us. But then this is kind of like, it's not the full album, but it is kind of like also a visual interface experience of the mm, album. And yeah. it's just like, it doesn't have so much function than just hovering and clearing out the dust that comes mm -hmm. your way and then a bit of scrolling and even some illustrations that were made in collaboration with other makers and the developer with illustrator and developer i forgot their names unfortunately but then that's also like even th though there are many interactive parts it's i would don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily urge me to achieve so much on mm -hmm. it you know no. that is just kind of like this light user experience mm -hmm. as well mm -mm -mm. I it's appreciate nice also to that. have another another uh, consumption of a website you know seeing it like this and yeah. it's just you can it's just a bit like a screensaver almost yeah it's really yeah yeah exactly this one is funny also one you enter like a video game <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
That's great. What are we looking at? So, a website with uh, nature animal documentaries, sometimes in slow motion, sometimes fast forward, sometimes natural speed, I guess. But in combination with Matrix soundtracks, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it works really well because it's very well uh, finely selected content, I would say. Apparently it's co coincidental, but I think the footage that they made on random... Is... Yeah, I guess they made a selection of documentaries and then a selection of soundtracks. And then these two are already well curated. Mm -hmm. That like whatever coincidence happens between between like which soundtrack goes for which documentary it works mm, yeah but it's very yeah it also doesn't have so much function than making you laugh and, yeah and it's very ironic it's very immersive yeah and there's not so much interaction besides putting it in full screen pausing mm. the sounds pausing everything oh, and you see reloading. the youtube channel and you know when you pause it that's a pity we shouldn't have done yeah. that I mean, that's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> We're not saving lives. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> the, okay. But, I mean, this kind of website also may, makes me wonder, like, what's the difference also with a video clip, mm. you know? Because the interaction is not that obvious. Yeah, what like you can you do with, with the YouTube channel. And yeah. yeah. That's the thing, like, that's... Mm. Well, isolation from platforms. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Which I mean, that's a, a bit, that's yeah, that's a fine argument Th to me. That's also like often a hesitation for a lot of web developers. Why make a website when you can just host it on, on the main platforms? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? for sure. Which on, for me is always on, like, why not make a website <laughs> exactly for that reason? Exactly, because no, that's for sure a valuable reason, to not be dependent of these huge platforms. But still, it's. We can, yeah, we can enter another discussion of like because most of these videos are also embedded from mm -hmm. <laughs> social platforms, you know. Exactly, so they're hosting hosted somewhere. Yeah, and I think the only example that we have that is kind of like from this virtual enjoyment that here the media files are imported with really like technological complexity that mm -hmm. it also makes the website super heavy as mm -hmm. well. So there's like all these risks of detaching from from the platforms mm -hmm. as well yeah but more on that later mm -hmm. we have last example where is this actually looks like france no it looks like austria or something Yeah, the internet is a bit slow. Oh, I didn't see this yeah, one. Yeah, by night. Also <gasps> this one I That's didn't great. see. Oh, oh that's there, great. your favorite. 
So basically, this is a website promoting this song called um, Vivo by Andrea Laslo de Simone. <laughs> and um, to promote this song, they made this website that is compiling a ch also a YouTube channel. It's very similar to the, to the previous one with only uh, webcams around the world that are live recording. Mm -hmm. So right now we are on the head of an astronaut that's doing some work at the yeah. moment. And if you... Technically maintaining planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and when you click here on the remote, you just change Hollywood Beach. LA. So at night, so it's all live. Yeah. This is probably Switzerland. And I remember the day I discovered this website again. Great. Um, it took me a while to understand what was going on. Like, what was this video? Because the first video I came, I arrived on, on the website was this Siberian train going super fast in the snow. And with the music, of course, it was very cinematographic. It was super beautiful. This song works perfectly with like all these yeah. landscapes, slow nature. I never thought of making a website for a song promotion, but mm. like such a specific, like also sound only if you click. Yeah. It, it's a subtle way to bring the, buy, buy my album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> album, yes, but just the song. Yeah. Yeah, exactly true. And then after... Um, understanding what was going on and then the remote I clicked on it because there was not so many interactions possible possible and then when you realize the quality of the camera you're like ah it's a webcam yeah and then you change and it's at night some in some places sometimes it's in space sometimes and some don't work and some I also like work. that yeah that me some, too some webcams are just unavailable Off because yeah I also like the remote control icon yeah such a old school yeah <laughs> Well, let's let it. <laughs> mm. 